0: Hello, today is Monday, September 18th. I'm Adam Hartog. Sitting next to me is one of my favorite people of all time, my co-host and court-appointed attorney, Thomas Frey. Not sitting to our left is producer Rue, who is home preparing for an interview, so we gave him the night off. We have a fun episode today. We're gonna recap a lot of college football, um, some on the field and some off the field stuff. We're gonna talk about the recent slate of NFL games from week two, preview some of the upcoming games for week three. We're going to do awards, and then we're going to debut a new segment in place of last take, worst take. It is going to be the bold prediction of the year. Of the week. Of the week, yes. Yes. The bold prediction of the year, of the week. Tom suggested the Bart Stradamus of the week because of a bit by Bart Scott on ESPN New York Radio. So, in my mind, that's the AKA for this segment, but it should be a fun episode. Let's go. Okay, recording this just before 8 o'clock on Monday, the 18th. Uh, We just got back from our friend Steve's wedding. I had fun.
1: I also had fun. It was a long weekend. We were there for what felt like a week. What was really three days? Four days, three nights? Yeah. Yeah. Three nights. Wow, you're right. Yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, four days, three nights. It was a blast, though. Congratulations, Brooke and Steven. Uh, It was on the smaller side, so it felt like it was basically just our entire friend group, and that was the whole wedding, and that was fun. And uh, it was our, the first of our like immediate friends to get married within our immediate friend group. So that was also very exciting and very strange and made me feel old. and huh. Yeah, but it was a blast. A lot of fun.
0: Got to see a lot of friends I hadn't seen in a while. This might sound weird. If they had let me in- choose who to invite, that's more or less who I would have picked. Like, I say that meaning everybody that was there basically was people that I was thrilled to be around. Yeah, I mean. Which is it- not most parties I'm at. I think that's a very good way to put it. I mean, it's our
1: literal entire group chat from high school, like 13, 14 people. Every single person came, which is awesome that everyone came out and showed up for our good pal Steve. So, yeah, I couldn't have asked for much more. You gave a great speech. I did give a speech. I'm glad that you thought it was great. Uh, I think you got a,
0: a standing ovation from you. From
1: or? No, from uh, the silverware. Oh, and okay. me and my mind. Yes. Okay. Well, they liked it, the bride and groom, so that's that's all, all that matters. Yeah, that's really all that matters.
0: So. <laughs> uh, exciting college football. Week 3, slate of games. Georgia versus South Carolina. Georgia won 24-14, but it was not the typical dominant win for Georgia that we have come to know and love. South Carolina had them on the ropes for a lot of the game. Spencer Rattler continues to carry that whole offense on its shoulders, but with Georgia looking vulnerable vulnerable multiple times this season it seems like that conference could be wide open
1: yeah it's opening the door to there's a lot of good teams this year and every time they show vulnerability other teams smell blood so yeah. it's it'll be interesting down the line it's fun to see Spencer Rattler you know play well especially cuz he was once projected to be a first round pick and him carrying a bad team even if they're not winning games ultimately it's definitely helps his draft stock
0: yeah certainly he's since he switched to transfer to south carolina he's definitely improved it a ton i really wouldn't be surprised to see him go in the first round but uh some other upsets in the sec florida beat tennessee 29 16 that was a pretty surprising upset especially
1: it's uh it's a big rivalry so it you know a lot of bragging rights for Florida. And last week we were just talking about how bad they looked and how their new head coach was on his way out if he kept it up. So big win for them, big win for him.
0: Yeah, and Josh Heupel's offense is usually pretty high-powered. Granted, they lost a lot of talent to the NFL. Hendon Hooker went to the Lions in the draft. Jalen Hyatt to your Giants. Uh, Seti Tillman, I believe, he is in Cleveland. And they uh, they replaced him with Joe Milton. Uh, among other guys, and it was strange to to see it look so pedestrian. Speaking of Jalen Hyatt, we'll get to this a little bit
1: more later, but big role in sparking the Giants' comeback, which is exciting. He did exactly what every Giants fan hoped he would do. So. I bet on the Giants live when they were down 28-7.
0: What were the odds on that? Plus 1,000. Wow. 10 bucks? 50.
1: Wow, big win. Yeah. Look
0: at you. I was pumped. I fell asleep and woke up, and they were – uh, it was a one-score game again. That's very exciting. Yes. Yeah, wow. It was a g- good way to come out of a nap. Absolutely. Probably one of the best ways to come out of a nap. Yeah, probably. Yeah, definitely one of the yes, best. Yes, not I'd the
1: best. To... One of the best. There's, yeah. there's other very good things that could happen. <laughs> that just it's, it's, That is a very good thing to happen whilst
0: napping. I've seen videos of dogs like napping on the floor, and somebody sticks like a piece of like bacon or something in front of them and you see the dog like in its dreams sniffing and yeah, it wakes yeah, up and there's yeah. actually bacon there. I think that that's hard to top. That's true. If you woke up with someone rubbing
1: bacon under your nose, I think you'd be pretty pleased.
0: If it was someone I knew.
1: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a very important <laughs> caveat. If I woke up to some stranger rubbing <laughs> bacon under my
0: nose, I would not be happy. No, that's that's what happens when you sleep with the cabin door open. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um also in the state of florida uh, although i think this game may have been in boston but flor it was florida state beat bc 31 29 florida state was ranked number 3 at the time so it would have been catastrophic for them to lose this game they dropped in the ap poll i think they're 4 or 5 now so I, that was actually my question do teams
1: drop after wins they do yeah that's interesting i feel like that doesn't happen as much in basketball I feel like if you for college basketball yeah. I feel like if you win, you're just... That's true, there's a lot of games. I guess every single bit of data needs to go towards their ranking, but... They're four now. Boston College is usually pretty competitive. Even, I mean, on one side of the ball, I'd say they're usually pretty competitive. That's fair. It's usually not at the same time, but... And I I don't know which one it is now. I don't pay much attention to them, especially our friends who went there are now graduated, so I care even less, but... Zay Flowers, he was there. Chris Lindstrom, Matt Ryan. Yeah. Um, I went to. Sorry, to interrupt, but Mitchell. I went to our freshman year of. Or I guess my this freshman game. year. Yeah, this game, and it was the worst game of all time. Yeah, I remember it was this. Awful. Awful. I game. was supposed to go, and yeah. then I you did I chickened not, out. You
0: did not miss out.
1: No, I watched the game though. It was like seven to three. It was horrible. I, I think it was. Yeah, it was <laughs> horrific, dude.
0: And it was. Uh, I think you saw what's his face. DeAndre Francois, which is kind of cool, but like meaningless now yeah, because he ended up being nothing.
1: Yeah, and also I didn't do he didn't do anything in the game. Yeah, so true. Didn't um, matter, But
0: <clears throat> no, yeah, AJ Dillon, um, the other running back that went to BC. The one he was on the Giants, right? At one point, yeah.
1: What's his name? He was like okay. Yeah, was he it, was okay. I can, I I know it wasn't Andre Ward that was before this guy's time it might have been Andre something though he was it was when it was in the Giants like real down years it was probably after David Wilson got hurt
0: too Matt Milano went to BC I didn't know that actually Justin Simmons I forgot he went there
1: they've had some good players through that program they just haven't been able to put it all together really any idea who that running back is? nah it's making me lose my mind i mean
0: have to find out I'm gonna I'll I'll join you on this quest. Notable undrafted, maybe it's here. Andre Williams. <clears throat> yes, nice. Thank you. Why didn't I see that? I that
1: knew it was Andre. Step. I was right on it. Andre Ware, I was so close. Yeah.
0: You're right, Andre Williams. Like I was sick, yeah.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> he had a couple good moments. From Plekee. Okay.
0: Uh, but yeah, no, would have been a would have been a really bad loss for Florida State. They were 26 and a half point favorites. I think I took them. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know it was they were that heavily favored. No, yeah. It was they were I mean, they were the third-ranked team in the country.
1: I yeah, I guess I knew how good Florida State was. I didn't know how bad Boston College was.
0: So <clears throat> Um but yeah, two, uh, I guess winning a conference game on the road is at the end of the day the important thing, but they got to keep doing that because if they're gonna make the postseason, they need to win the conference, and that will will entail losing no more than one conference game this season. Yeah, and you don't want to waste your loss on BC. Yeah, the worst school in Boston, <laughs> the dumbest the worst, school in Boston. Worse than Tufts. Tufts is real
1: is way better than BU. <laughs> I'm not talking academic. <laughs> oh, we're talking academically, or
0: um, I don't know any of the other schools there harvard mit there's there i think there's 36 in boston
1: that's an insane amount Bo- S- in seven- boston or in massachusetts
0: 70 in boston 75 percent of the boston population from september to june is college students wow it's the coolest city to go to school in well wow. i'll get an official number on colleges
1: this is mostly just for your benefit, though. You just want to know the answer now.
0: Yeah, 864 in Metropolitan Boston. Isn't that like <laughs> double what you just told me? What did you say, 36? I think I said 36.
1: That's insane, dude.
0: That's so many. All schools are within a 30-mile radius of Boston's city center. Wow. Pretty cool. Had no idea. But yeah, not the game you wanna you wanna drop on the road.
1: Moral of the story. FSU stays alive.
0: Yeah. And speaking of staying alive, Alabama beat South Florida seventeen to three. Uh a shockingly close game for for Alabama, who is now out of the top ten for the first time in eight years. They're burning through quarterbacks left and
1: right, and there's only so much you can do with a good defense. You need some level of offensive play. And early in the year when they were struggling, we said they'd lean on their uh, their running backs because they usually can. But if their O-line is this bad, then there's nothing they can do.
0: Yeah, and they had uh, Tyler Buckner start um, instead of Jalen Millereau. Pulled him in favor of Ty Simpson, the five-star recruit from last season. Um, the offensive line, like you alluded to, it's as bad as I can ever remember. Saban is talking about it in interviews. They burnt through three quarterbacks. They're all having the same issues because they can't block anybody. And they're they're actually going back to Milrow for next week, which is kind of crazy. Alabama doesn't usually have this level of, what do we do? Yeah, just throw stuff at the wall and hope it sticks. Literally, yeah.
1: Starting one quarterback, bringing in the backup, then the next week going back to the third quarterback who you had just benched in this game is pretty insane.
0: Yeah, bench
1: prior to this game.
0: Yeah, they were down to the... In a two-week span, they cycled through the backup and the... In the one-week span, they cycled through the backup and the third string, and then went back to the starter. It's time to start
1: (laughs) calling in walk-ons. Taking open tryouts for not only your quarterback, but also your O-line. Uncle Rico. Yeah, just bring in the Uncle Rico from friggin', uh... Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, and D. But yeah, dude, just start calling them the biggest guys on campus and see if they can block. <laughs> I'm sure there's enough big
0: guys. In, at Alabama, probably, yeah. Yeah. Although it's, it could be, for all I know, like 80% tiny frat idiots. That's true. Not not to... Disparage frat guys? Yeah, I just... I have at... a very specific vision of southern frat guys. I have. it's mostly bow tied to the to the eyelids
1: yeah i was a northern fratman so very different yeah very different
0: yeah all of your frat men that i've met have been very enjoyable yeah, to hang out with. they're all nice guys yeah the uh the i'll take this one was one of the was oh, as hard dude. as i laughed at i forgot that that happened that was
1: so funny for the inside joke yeah for the listener Someone asked me a question that basically only I was qualified to answer, and my friend as a lawyer, as a, yes, and my friend <laughs> inter- interrupted me right as I was about to start. It goes, "I'll take I'll take this one, Tom," <laughs> and it was just perfect
0: timing, and yeah, it was really good. Um, but yeah, Alabama, it's it's beyond the quarterback, but um, maybe maybe next season they'll reach for the transfer portal like uh, like Washington did. They. The Huskies beat uh, Michigan State forty-one to seven. Their transfer quarterback Penix continues his Heisman campaign, and they remain a force to go through in the Pac-12. But he's been he's been on fire. He's a very good player, but I don't know if I'll ever be able to get past his name. A lot of announcers now are starting to say Penix. That's worse. It's far worse. Why
1: are they starting to now? Is because, that correct?
0: Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's one of those things. See, like. Like, booty, Kayshawn Booty in college, it was Kayshawn Booty. But now Mike Tarico yesterday was saying Booty, and they I know for a fact that those guys ask players like that how to pronounce their name yeah. when, when they don't know. So now I'm inclined to think that maybe it's one of those that everyone was saying Penix because that's what we assumed it had to be, yeah, and then know. he was like, actually, it's pronounced Penix. If that happened. I have no idea if it did.
1: Penix is bad, dude. Imagine he goes on to be have, like a Mahomesian career it's jerseys everywhere yeah just dudes walking around wearing Penix jerseys this is unbelievable and it's <coughs> it's it's bad enough if it's Penix right because people reading the jersey won't know no you just you were just saying you couldn't get over the fact that it yeah. was Penix and now if it's Penix and you gotta listen to it all the time what if he's I mean this is a hypothetical But what if he became the starting quarterback for the Giants and they were saying the Giants, Phoenix, <laughs> 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 or the Browns, <laughs> or the Browns, the Browns, Phoenix. Yeah, that was a good one. Or the Rams. the Rams, the Pe- Rams. Yeah, I mean you could go with almost <laughs> anything. You could go with almost anything. True. Yeah. Any, yeah. any animal. <laughs> yeah. I
0: don't know why Ram was the first one to come to mind. I some
1: something, something about that Ram did something to you, clearly. <laughs> but yeah, he's. Having a great year was one of the Heisman favorites coming in. Uh, Washington was good last year, projected to be good again this year. Uh,
0: and uh, yeah, the Phoenix Heisman campaign continues. Yeah, through for 473 70, and 4 touchdowns against Michigan, which brings his total through three games to an astronomical. 1332 yards and 12 touchdowns. <laughs> I can't get over his name.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you man, I'll never be able to get over it. I can't it's <laughs> Like I've known people with the last name Dick and it's less striking than the name Phoenix.
0: I don't know why. <laughs> you think he'll end up on the same team as Jake Butt? I can only hope. Phoenix to Butt. Yeah. <laughs> only (laughs) hope um speaking of none of that (laughs) (laughs) moving on from Phoenix talk yep colorado and colorado state it was a thrilling game that ended long into the night in pennsylvania time colorado won 43 to 35 in double overtime this was a dog fight this was the matchup where the Colorado State head
1: coach was talking shit about uh, Dion right yeah Jay Norvell gave him bulletin board material yeah said he his mom taught him to take his sunglasses and hat off when talking to adults or whatever yeah, yeah. I mean it's just why. Who are you helping there? I don't know. I don't know why you would do that. There's no why poke the bear. Exactly. It, yes. It, it, there's no benefiting, really. None. It's not going to fire your guys up cuz you called out their head coach.
0: No, I mean, you can fire them up by like talking about Yeah. look how look at this glamour show in Boulder, but do that in your locker room. Yeah, doing it in the public just puts a target on your back. It just pisses Colorado off and that's yeah. that it
1: showed. Yeah. Um I saw the uh, the kid who hit Travis Hunter. He's getting death threats. Yep. yeah, that sucks. I didn't see the hit. Was it that bad?
0: It was it was a it was a cheap shot and a late hit. I sent him a message. It wasn't a death threat. It's a nice cheap shot. Okay, that's fair. I will I will prove it if need be. I don't think that's, you need that's to all prove it, it said. I don't
1: I don't think you need to prove it because why would you even tell me you sent him a message? Oh, was it on our Twitter account? No, no, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, no, so yeah, no. It was yes. on a
0: burner Instagram account.
1: Yeah, so then you don't need to prove it. You would have just not said anything if it was, in fact, a death threat. True. But nice cheap shot is fine. But death threats is... They're just kids. Yeah, I mean, a kid. a kid could be like 19 years old. I don't know how old he is, but he could be. Me neither. I mean, he's probably no older than 22. Any sports game, no matter what the sport is... Is, a, is basically like a war out there. There's so much adrenaline flying around that like you're literally in the heat of battle, it can feel like. And in the heat of battle, the kid made a mistake. And if it was a bad hit, it's a bad hit. It sucks that Travis Hunter got really hurt on it, and he's out for a few weeks, especially against some of the biggest games they have. But sending the kid death threats is just not it, okay. Is not okay.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, Travis Hunter sent to the hospital... Uh, During the game after a late hit on the sideline will be out for multiple weeks. Like you said He's gonna miss games against Oregon and USC Uh, Later in the game Shadur Sanders blatantly poked a guy in the eye um, Which there's like a very clear video. It's a bad look for him. He this was an important game for Colorado I think it taught them a lot about their themselves having this kind of test called out publicly being down early winning a game in overtime With the way Dion approaches things, good or bad,
1: there is pretty much always going to be a target on their back. And this is probably just a little bit of a wake-up call to that reality. Because they're not going to be the media darlings forever. The plucky upstart Colorado led by Dion and all his transfers. And, you know, it's not going to be... That won't be the storyline forever. It's going to be arrogant Dion and this and that. And the, the... the pendulum will swing back, and Colorado's going to need to know how to handle that.
0: It's already happened with Inter-Miami. Messi's it, getting booed on the road now. Oh, is he? Yeah, that's, I don't like that's it. That's
1: stupid. Yeah. You don't got to, you know, prey on the ground he walks on, but
0: it's it's more is silly. It's more just like, fuck MLS for letting them just, like, build a super team. MLS should you take this as an
1: opportunity to open the gates yeah and make grow the game grow the MLS that's what they're doing exactly and look man it's just like every other sport the big market teams get the big players it's time to figure that out MLS fans yeah and booing the greatest of all time is stupid. I agree, 100%. You should be ex- happy that you're you get to getting see him. to see him. It's
0: literally a privilege. Should be kissing the ground at his feet.
2: Well, I don't
1: From know. From the seats. Sure. You, I, I think rooting for him, like, wanting to see him play and do messy things is awesome, and that's great. And, I, like, I would, I'd still like to see a a lakers knicks game so that i could see lebron play just so i could say i saw him but i'll actively hope he has the worst game of his career (laughs) so you know i think there's a line booing the guy is i think a little silly though
0: i agree um and then last thing on colorado state shout out tory horton a big bodied wide receiver that was dominating he had i think like 13 catches and he threw a dime for a touchdown on a uh on a, not a double pass not a not a flea flicker just like a, a handoff to a wide receiver in motion then he threw it to the end zone um but yeah good just a very important important lesson for colorado um also in college football michigan state plans to fire mel tucker they informed him per ESPN's Pete Thamel, in a letter on Monday of the school's intent to terminate his contract for cause, and they cited a body of undisputed evidence of misconduct that warrants termination.
1: It's important to note that it's for cause because they, if it's for cause, they don't have to pay him the remainder of his contract.
0: Yep, which is $79 million on a 10-year 95 million dollar contract he signed in november 2021 which was an overpay at the time even more of an overpay now and a lot of money that michigan state would probably be happy to not have to pay in the most non-opinionated way i could possibly say that yes so they uh they delivered the notice of their intent to terminate him in a five-page letter from the athletic director alan haler which details what the university sees as unprofessional and unethical behavior this came in the wake of a december 2022 sexual misconduct complaint against mel tucker filed by brenda tracy a notable sexual assault awareness speaker that was hired to speak to the msu football team about sexual misconduct they made it clear in their letter that uh, the school was firing tucker for cause unless he can present sufficient reasons to, dis- to dispute the grounds for termination in the next 7 days. What what is what is the 7 day thing? Is that just they decided that or is that a legal some kind of legal time frame?
1: No, nothing legal about it. It's probably just their self-imposed time frame because you want to give him enough time to refute and find evidence if there is evidence to be found, but if you don't want to give
0: You don't want to give him enough time to find it. Yeah,
1: or to 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 fake it or to, you know, find ways out of it and try to... This way, it's really just the focus is on the facts. And I'm sure if he doesn't find the evidence to refute it, he's still going to sue the school.
0: Oh, yeah, probably. So So this is definitely still an ongoing situation. And those are the facts as we know them right now uh, as of today.
1: Yeah, it's an ugly situation, and it's probably just the beginning.
0: Yep. Um, also in football, but in the NFL, Mahomes restructured his contract with the Chiefs today. Yeah. It makes sense.
1: His contract was basically becoming an underpay, and he was the one who set the market. It's It makes sense to give him what he's worth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He signed that 10 year, $450 million contract. In 2020, they restructured his deal, which will give him $210.6 million between 2022 sorry, 2023 and 2026, which is all guaranteed. I like it. Like you said, underpaid. He was the eighth highest paid quarterback after the flurry of massive deals, which included Lamar, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, and Burrow. Uh, he'll now average fifty-two point six million over the next four seasons, which uh, puts him behind only Joseph Burrow.
1: I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about Burrow and all the other high-paid quarterbacks in our, you know, the meat of today's episode. But yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say it's only fair to restructure his deal, but it it kind of is.
0: It is. Uh, generally, those long-term deals end up being team friendly when they're signed at that that stage of. A career especially one like his so it was uh it, it's kind of a, like it's kind of what Harden was looking for a little bit like I'll take I'll take a team-friendly deal now and then you're gonna do right by me later yeah and they're doing right by
1: him and as they should he's the face of
0: the NFL so yeah and maybe this is just an NFL thing but if Kansas City can hand out hundreds of millions of dollars in a contract I feel like we're at the point where Small market teams not being able to compete is not not nearly as much of a reality as it used to be. I think in the NFL
1: it's less of a reality than in any other sport. I think most of the owners in the NFL. Well, one, the NFL makes so much; they just bring in so much money. Two, I feel like a lot of the owners have a lot of money.
0: They do. To to buy an NFL team in the last decade you need an insane amount yeah. of money.
1: And I don't know I honestly don't know the Chiefs ownership situation, if it's new or old or what it is. For but
0: same owners I think they're in the entirety of their existence. But okay, so
1: even if it is them, they're generating so much money and so much profit from the team that it's probably a drop in the bucket. Whereas for comparison's sake, like the MLB even the yankees like the seinbrenners derive i would say almost the entirety of their income from the yankees so by them spending which granted it's a money-making machine like the yankee hat is the most famous piece of merchandise in the world so just based on that alone they can put in more money but it is their own money essentially they're taking money out of their own pockets so like a small market owner like the athletics where they're not bringing in any money they're not making national tv money like the nfl is they're making and they're not making any money from their fans coming to the games like that owner doesn't have steve ballmer money to throw at his team like steve cohen can do it and he has done it it didn't work but so i guess
0: it's it does vary by sport that's fair um, and and the Cohen thing didn't work yet but it will it, yeah in other sports there's there's a huge correlation between uh, salaries and winning It's going to work for the Mets yeah um but yeah the the hunt family has owned the team forever and they have they have a ton of money from outside of football as well I think yeah. a lot I think a lot of shipping stuff
1: okay so uh, last in housekeeping is just a, a little NBA thing that happened like an hour ago, as Kelly Oubre signed with the Sixers. It's almost feels like grasping at straws because what does he do for them? Nothing. Nothing that like they they he, didn't have with their wings anyway. Yeah, so I don't know. It's it just seems like they're doing anything they can to try to keep MB happy or maybe it means a hardened trade could be coming. I I don't know. It's a weird move i just i figured it was worth noting i i just feel like the sixers are a taking time bomb
0: this is his fifth team Ubre. very sense. handsome
1: very handsome i didn't li- i didn't like listening to him on the jj Redick podcast though i didn't listen he was very boring he's the only <laughs> one he's the only one i've ever turned off
0: oh wow really Do that you know? bad yeah that bad well maybe he can come on and redeem himself I'd love to give him the chance. I I am
1: giving him the chance. I'd love for him to take the chance. Okay, me too.
0: We had some technical difficulties when we were recording this on Monday, but for this next segment, because the MLB regular season is wrapping up in a couple days, we sent uh, some listener-submitted questions to our baseball aficionado, Our friend Matt, who is a professional baseball player himself, he was kind enough to take a few minutes to answer those questions. He recorded himself doing so. He sent them to us, and we're going to drop them in for this next segment, the MLB end-of-season baseball aficionado professional baseball player mailbag. Thank you, Matt.
2: Thanks for looping me in, guys. Going to go through some viewer questions we got here, try to give you some answers and a little insight on uh, my thoughts going forward on you know, the end of the MLB season here. So question number one, the Orioles have been one of the most surprising storylines in sports over the last few months. Do I see their regular season success carrying over to the postseason? Personally, I love the Orioles. You know, they've rebuilt as well as any team in baseball, except for maybe the Braves. I think they have a shot to make a run only if they take care of business down the stretch of uh, the regular season. You know, the new format heavily favors a division winner. Their pitching is obviously thin. So, being able to avoid that three game series where they could struggle to shut a team down, you know, that would be key. If they're starting in the ALDS and avoiding that wild card series, they might even be able to avoid an ace in game one of the ALDS. You know, I could see them easily winning that series. And if they get the division, they'll probably get the raise, which would be their toughest matchup in the playoffs. But they have won, you know, eight out of 13 against them this year. I don't know if I see them going all the way to the World Series, though. You know, they're super young. They do lack premier pitching. If they could get Felix Bautista back, that would be massive, but it just still feels early for them in their process. Uh, But for what it's worth, you know, this team is loaded in the farm system. Jackson Holiday might be the best prospect in baseball since, you know, Bryce Harper, and this team's going to compete for years and years, even if this isn't their year. You know, they're going to win one in the next five to ten, in my opinion. Question two we got here is, as a Yankees fan – uh, what do I want the team doing in the upcoming offseason? And does the Dominguez injury affect those plans? You know, I'm not sure that I would say that the Dominguez injury does. I think there's a good chance that he's actually back halfway through next season. You know, we've seen guys, position guys come back from Tommy John fairly quickly. You do have to hope he return, returns to form Um, which could be tough initially, but we'll see. You know, I do think that they had a lot of bad injury luck this year, especially on the pitching side. I'd like to see them shore up the pen just a touch, even though it's been their strong suit. Um, You know, a guy like Josh Hader's name thrown around, but uh, it would be nice to kind of have, you know, that closer that you really trust turning to. And and Clay Holmes has been great for the most part, but has had his moments where it's uh, a little bit sketchy. You know, you have to hope. Rodon returns the form you need to hope Rizzo kind of bounces back otherwise please they gotta add some left-handed bats it just feels like an obvious fix to at least increase production a little bit unfortunately you know there's not a lot of sexy names that are out there in free agency you can go get like a guy like you know Jock Peterson or Michael Conforto but They're kind of hit or miss power guys, at least they're lefties and, you know, could add some thump from the left-handed side, but I don't know. And then otherwise, you know, I'd be monitoring what happens with Bellinger in Chicago, maybe even Max Muncy, even though he seems like he would kind of be similar to what they have and and not really helpful. Um, It's going to be a tough offseason for them because... You know, they have a lot of needs that aren't easily filled, but they do still have a talented roster. They do still have some young guys that are, are kind of showing promise. Um, And Volpe will have another year under his belt. He's obviously had moments where he's looked great. So yeah, we'll see what happens with the Yankees going forward. How do I see the AOS playing out with three teams so close at the top of the division? I see it going down to the wire with the Astros and the Rangers. You know, the Astros are kind of built for this time of year. They have a history of of late season success the Rangers just lost Scherzer but they are getting back Josh Young and Adolis Garcia for what has you know been an absolutely scary lineup Um, the Mariners had an amazing run to kind of get back in the mix but they are young and they're kind of cooling off a little bit so I'm a little skeptical there and they have 10 of their last 13 games are against the Astros and Rangers so they can control their own destiny there but They've struggled with the Rangers this year, and, and it's a tough time to be facing the Astros. So I don't know if they're going to pull that out, at least to win the division. So right now I have it you know down to the wire between the Astros and the Rangers, and I have the Astros edging it out right now. Question four, the NL wildcard race is extremely close with five teams in contention for three spots. Who do I think makes the postseason as NL wildcards? I think the Phillies, where they are, they're going to hold their comfortable lead, and they're going to make it as a wildcard. Personally, I think I see the Marlins sneaking in at the end and the Reds or the Cubs kind of battling for that last spot. I really like the Giants, but their schedule is tough. They have the Diamondbacks for a couple. They have the Dodgers, two series. They have the Padres even, who are not an easy matchup in the division. Diamondbacks are similar with a uh, tough stretch uh, kind of ending the season here. You know, the Cubs are probably the one of the better teams of that bunch that's left but they've got a tough stretch too they're two and eight in their last 10 i believe and kind of struggling here so you know i could see them edging the reds out i just think they're the better team there and i for some reason i feel like the marlins have a uh they have the pitching they have enough of a lineup that they could at least you know hold teams in check down the down the stretch and kind of sneak in for a late wild card spot Question five, which lower-seeded team do you think could be poised to go on a Phillies-esque run this year? You know, that's a good question. I like the Mariners and the Brewers to make a run. Maybe an honorable mention to the Rangers as well. I know I said that the Mariners have a difficult road to finish the season, and I don't think they're going to win the division. But if they do make it to the playoffs, they're similar to the Brewers in the sense that pitching is key in October. The Mariners have the best ERA in the league. The Brewers are fourth in the league. I really don't like going with the Brewers because Central teams have kind of had this uh, this notion that they really struggle in the postseason, and those divisions have been weak for the last couple of years. But you know, anything can happen in October, and I do think the pitching kind of sets both of those teams up. On the flip side, with the Rangers, they don't quite have the pitching. They did just lose Scherzer, and they would probably, my guess would be, they would make it in. As a 4 or 5, probably 5, sorry, definitely a 5, 5 or 6. But, you know, that would pull in the Rays. That's a tough matchup, but if they could sneak by the Rays, that lineup is ridiculous without a doubt. So I could see them, you know, slugging their way. It'll just be tough to see what they're pitching. Next question, which of the two teams that appeared in last year's World Series do I think has the best chance of returning to the Fall Classic? There was something really special about that vibe in Philly last year during last year's run. Dancing on my own, really poetic. And I don't know if I see that happening again here. I think the NL is kind of a lock as it is to be Braves Dodgers fighting it out for the World Series. So I'm going to go ahead and not say Philly. I definitely would have to lean Astros here. Their you know path to the championship would be a little bit easier if they can lock in the division, as they should avoid the Rays or the Orioles, whoever doesn't win the AL East. They also just have this track record of postseason success. You know, they've been there. They always do well when they get there. They have Verlander back. They still got guys like Altuve. We'll see if Pena can kind of pick it back up in the postseason. And they've just been built to be successful in those types of games. So out of the two teams that were there last year, I'm going to have to go ahead and say the Astros. And the last question we have here, what is my World Series prediction? Right now, I have it as Braves versus Rays. Starting with the Rays, you know, they just do what they do. They obviously had the historic start, and then they cooled off big time. I know they lost McClanahan, but their pitching is top tier. I mean, they'll pull a guy off the street, and next thing you know, he'll be dominating in the bigs. Their lineup has experience in these situations. It's built pretty balanced. They have you know, plethora of guys that they can plug in for certain matchups, and they should get the job done. They're going to be a tough out in October, no doubt. And then on the other side, I mean, the Braves are just incredible to me. It's been a, a historic year for them. Their lineup might be one of the best we've ever seen. And they have great pitching to complement that, too. I know the Dodgers are amazing. And if they meet in the NLCS, I see that series being one of the best that we've ever seen. And it, it's possible the Dodgers can edge that out. But I just I see the Braves as too good. I think their lineup is is way too potent. They have the pitching to go with it. And to me, I think they would pull it out if they make it. I think this is their year to win, you know, yet another World Series. And they're just, they're built that way. They have guys on deals for a long time and they're going to be, you know, a force for a while. So right now, World Series prediction, I have Braves beating the Rays. I'm going to go ahead and say six games. Thanks, guys.
0: Okay, so we are going to move on to the meat of today's episode, which is more NFL talk. But This week, it has a slightly different structure, which we will use going forward. So each week, we are going to pick one storyline, one disappointing game or team, one surprising or, as we first said, appointing game or team, confirmed, not a thing. Yes, the opposite of disappointment is appointment,
1: but (laughs) it's not actually.
0: No, but the surprise can be a game or a team, and it can be good or bad. And then we are going to pick usually one or two games to talk about for the next week going forward each. So that's just a quick recap storyline, disappointing game or team, surprising game or team, good or bad, and two-ish games to talk about for the next week of games. Do you want to start? Sure. My storyline
1: is, keep in mind, this is prior to tonight's game, so not sure how it will end up but first year head coaches are struggling mightily Owen and five in week one one and eight as of right now in week two Shane Steichen being the only one who got a win so far but the caveat being it was over another first year head coach <laughs> so that's that's my
0: D'Amico Ryan's do you have a list of all the first-year head coaches? I'm trying to remember them all off the top of my head.
1: I do not. I should, though, and I will pull it up now. If only we had Producer Roo <laughs> here. Shout-out, Producer Roo. <laughs> okay, I got it.
0: Well, define first-year head coach also. Never coached, never been the head coach for an NFL game before. First-time sh- first head coach. Do the Broncos count in that 1-8 and eight stat? Like Sean Payton, who has well, the Broncos, decades the Broncos are of experience, but this is his first time coaching the Broncos. I think they do count. I think they do count. Yeah. Definitely. So Frank Reich as well? Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: cool. Yeah, they do count. I wasn't sure, but they definitely do because the Broncos haven't won yet. So the list is Frank Reich, yes, Sean Payton, as we have said, D'Amico Ryans, Shane Steichen, and I think that's it. I feels short. does feel short. Inaccurate. No, 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 the Cardinals. Yes, that list is not right. Who's the Cardinals guy? I can't remember. Gannon, also from Philly. Oh, yeah. I think he was on that list, but I skipped him. (laughs) Yeah, there's five teams with new head coaches. Okay. So, yeah, Gannon. And they almost won. We'll get to it later. Actually, will we get to it later? I don't even... Depends if you get to it. I don't have it mentioned, so I'm just going to talk about it now that we're on it. All right. Because it's pretty important. Giants came back from down 20 to nothing it's
0: 20 to nothing at 27 7 they came back 28 7
1: so but it was 20 to nothing then did they do a two-point conversion i think so i was getting in my car at a certain point and i listened from then on so i actually don't that middle part there where i don't know the answer is where i'm tripping up right now
0: it was 28 7 when i placed my
2: bet. Yeah.
1: so 28 7 is what i guess we'll say the biggest deficit that they came back from
0: in decades
1: yeah I think since the 1950s. So the Giants are not as bad as they were the first six quarters that they've played, but they're not as good as they were in the last two. They're somewhere in between, which is not, I guess all Giants fans can hope for is that they're a lot closer to the last two quarters than the first six. The reason for the turnaround, I don't think there's been a full on report of this, but some people were saying it was Dable took over calling plays. In the second from half. From
0: Dor... Uh, not Dorsey. from Kafka? Ga- Kafka, yeah. Yeah, from Kafka. It
1: also feels a little bit like win the battle, lose the war, because Saquon goes down. He's out for three weeks. Saying, yeah, two, I think they're saying two to three weeks. Even if he was day-to-day, I don't think he was playing this week. It's a Thursday night game, and I they're not going to beat the Niners. If they do, I'd be stunned. I'd be thrilled, but I'd just... The Niners are awesome and the Giants aren't awesome right now. <laughs> but Dana Jones looked great in that comeback. He used his legs effectively, threw the ball effectively. And I think them taking the top off the defense opened up everything else so much. So I wonder if that means Jalen Hyatt gets involved more. Their O line is still shaky. Andrew Thomas didn't play in this game. I think he'll be back for Thursday. I hope. If not, they're. They are so screwed if he's not playing. Mm. They're already screwed, but if him and Saquon are out, it's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, Nick Bosa's already going to run circles around Evan Neal. It's going to be horrible. There's already movement on the O-line. The right guard got benched, then brought back. Because of injury, yeah. Yeah, Matt Parrott was getting minutes. Gigantic O-lineman from UConn, who they never really
0: even gave a chance. So, yeah, just thought it was worth mentioning. Giants, major comeback, but... Getting outscored sixty to nothing over six quarters, and then putting up thirty-one in the next over the next two is just—I don't even know how to describe that. Hilarious, though.
1: The Giants went like five years without scoring thirty
0: points in a game. Yeah, they did.
1: I remember you telling me this. It was like an extremely long stretch, and then they just did it in two quarters. (laughs) So that's to put it into perspective—it's absolutely insane. It was insane how long they went without thirty points, but this is also insane. Insane, but. Further evidence to our point that Daniel Jones is not the problem. We're not saying he's the greatest quarterback of all time, but I actually still think he's good. I think if you put him behind a solid O-line, I don't see any reason why he couldn't be a top 10 quarterback, given that the, the top 10 isn't really that great of an accomplishment anymore
0: no there's a lot of good quarterbacks yeah
1: it drops off after like five like pretty significantly you really want a top five quarterback now whereas i feel like it used to be like the top three and then four through ten was like pretty similar
0: it's kind of similar in the uh, nba as well
1: yeah yeah and then that's why you just try to stockpile stars in the nba
0: yeah um the last thing i'll add is good teams don't go down 28-7 to the cardinals but also good teams don't Don't win that game after being down 28-7, so I truly have no idea what to think of the Giants.
1: I don't know what to make of it at all. It was a must-win game, though.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, Yeah. definitely. Especially because you don't think
1: they're... I mean, they're probably not going to win. They're most likely not going to beat the 49ers and starting the year
0: 0-3 is basically a death sentence. 100%. The the odds of making the playoffs is like 4%. like one in a million, Brayton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, my storyline is... Tua is going to win the MVP if he stays healthy. You look stunned.
1: I just, this goes to why it's our hot take of the year of the week. I Because this would have been sufficient if it was just hot take of the year. I think this is a very hot take. I know he's going to put up the numbers for it, and he was in the conversation last year, and the usual candidates haven't done great so far but it just feels like a hot take.
0: Well, I'll tell you why it's my storyline. It's because he's currently the betting favorite for MVP at five to one. I know it's only after two weeks, Mahomes is second at plus 650. Week one, he threw for 466 yards and three touchdowns and a comeback win on the road against the Chargers. Last night on primetime, 249 and one touchdown against New England, also on the road. He's averaging 358 yards a game, which puts him on track for 6,000 yards, which obviously is unattainable, but still he's putting up monster numbers and they could have as many as five primetime games left this season still, including one on Thanksgiving. And I'm including one, the game of the week at 425 because it's against the Cowboys. So it'll draw a huge audience. And that is the setting that, paired with those numbers will put somebody in the pole position for MVP especially if they win the division which they're leading right now at 2-0. and
1: I just think health aside the Dolphins have a really tough schedule and just the AFC East in general is, is really tough and they play a lot of good teams in the NFC East so it's I think they'll need to win a lot of tough games and if he's going to win it the dolphins will have to win a really large percentage of those games record-wise they're they'll they'll have to win the division i think
0: i do too yeah I i think they have a good chance to if he stays healthy
1: i could make a similar argument for jalen hurts though you could definitely yeah okay so i like this this feels so bad as a giants fan it feels so bad why because I, I, I don't want to pick an Eagles player to win MVP. I don't want to do that. You don't I, have to. You could pick a Dolphins player. I, yeah, but I was going to make a bet with you about it. And it was going to be a fun storyline to keep tabs on throughout the year. But I just don't well, want to. We could do it I over something else. You don't, don't do have it. to bet on an Eagles player. Yeah, I just don't want to do it. I won't You're going
0: to be it. out here rooting for the, for Jalen Hurts. I can't. The That's the numbers. thing. That's
1: what I would have to root for, and yeah. I can't do it. I can't. I do. The thing is, I do like him i like jalen hurts i too. wish i didn't like him it makes it way harder that i like him and i have been like five fantasy leagues i think i've been two maybe three five not five i know for a confirmed don't have him in two leagues <laughs> i don't have him in our league but i do have daniel jones number one fantasy qb of the week going into tonight
0: my home, my qb1 is has been disappointing
1: yeah, you got Mahomes. Yeah, I have him. I went him in a two-quarterback league. I went him and Hurts in two of the first three picks. And I, my team's 0-2. I
0: can't believe you got both of them.
1: I couldn't believe it either, and so I had to do it. And But Brees Hall lost me this week.
0: Yeah, well, he's throwing a fit, so. So uh, we'll see. The,
1: jet, the wheels are falling off the Jets' train.
0: Yeah, like, I, I'm not... I don't have the Jets as one of my talking points, but that defense looked very, very average against the Cowboys. The offense was non-existent.
1: And the defense is supposed to be the, the calling card of that team. supposed to be one of, the, one of our Jets fan friends said even better than the AFC championship, not
0: winning team, but appearing team. It just already feels like a wagon, a wheels falling off the wagon kind of situation. It does. My disappointing game slash team of the week is the Chargers being 0 and 2. Uh, when you have a quarterback that's as elite as Herbert, you cannot start 0 and 2. When he's on the last year of his rookie deal, people argue that he isn't. People that argue that he isn't good are just—it's ridiculousness at its highest capacity. His pocket presence at historic levels. He process his processing speed is the fastest i've ever seen when i watch him play i love watching his head because you can see how fast he whips through his progressions he has a feel for pressure that's only matched by some of the greatest of all of all time and brandon staley is holding this team back you can't have a roster that has herbert keenan allen mike williams you're making me laugh joey bosa (laughs) Khalil Mack, derwin james and lose to the titans that just looked inept against the saints in week one Tannehill had maybe his worst game as a pro and then he turned around and threw for 250 yards on 83 percent completion and the offense has been rolling but staley is supposed to be a defensive guy and they can't continue to waste the biggest positional advantage in the nfl week one Tannehill looked like a wide receiver turned quarterback
1: yes <laughs> uh, but it's Funny you say that. My disappointment was also the Chargers, and the reason I started smirking and making you laugh is because you pretty much were saying verbatim exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> team has all the talent in the world, but they're an unserious team until they move on from Brandon Staley. I think he's actively holding them back, and he should have been fired after the playoff
0: Yes, loss. he 100% should have been fired after yes, the playoff loss. I can't loss. believe they did it. I don't understand why they feel so comfortable playing around with having one of the f- five yep, i'm confident my, five i have true top five quarterback Yeah, yes best quarterbacks <laughs> yes. on a rookie deal he's so good in a tough division with high paid quarterbacks that you have that that huge advantage there alone that lets you have joey bosa derwin james khalil mack surrounding him they've invested in the offensive line the offense has more than carried its own, including over the first two games, and they're already in a huge hole because they can't close out these games to teams that are worse than
1: them. I think Callan Moore is a good OC, and I think he's actually going to contribute to the development of Herbert or continued development of Herbert. But if he has to be a casualty of Brandon Staley being fired, then so be it because this guy is... So the reason I even sent the clarification earlier of the new bold prediction of the year of the week is because my prediction was going to be Brandon Staley's out of a job by week six. Gotcha. But that's too far in advance. It has to be of the week. So I, I just think he is, like I said, the keyword is actively. I think he is actively holding this team back. I think he's a detriment to their team. And they play the, a Vikings team who's also hit the skids a little bit, but is also a a decently talented team they could they could lose to the vikings they could start 0 and three and then like we said before their playoff chances could be dead in the war it's a loser goes home game for both teams pretty much yeah save the season kind of game yeah i think that about covers it we both think herbert's awesome we both think the chargers are should be good and we think brandon Staley's very bad
0: that's our that's both of our disappointments from the week right yeah do to do your s- matching disappointments <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, that's what they called us in school, too. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you want to go on to your
1: surprise? Yeah, my surprise is the Washington Commanders, formerly known as the football team, formerly known as the Redskins. Is this your surprise also? No. Oh, okay, good. Commanders are now 2-0. They've beaten two not-so-good teams in the Cardinals and Broncos. Broncos are competitive, more competitive than the Cardinals, I would say. Although the Cardinals haven't looked as bad as everyone thought they would, too. But I'm not saying it's time to take them serious just yet. But they're, I would say winning, starting off 2-0 and is a surprise. And Sam Howells looked really good. And I'm impressed. And I think he actually might be the guy going forward. And I, I think he might be better than we even thought he could be. He put up, I think he had almost 300 passing yards this week and two touchdowns. And it's pretty good, man. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And enemy has is already helping his resume. Or Oh, big time. Yeah. Big time, and that's like Jahan Dotson hasn't been doing great. He's McLaurin's looked nice. McLaurin's looked good. Logan Thomas has looked awesome, although he's out with a concussion now.
0: Chase Young had a sack.
1: Yeah. He has all he's amazing talent, Chase Young. It's it's crazy how his career's turned out thus
0: far. Yeah, unfortunate injury.
1: Yeah, so I'm surprised by the commanders. I don't think they're ready to be taken serious, but I do think they're
0: almost there. Not this year, but I I
1: don't think they're that far off.
0: Just having the quarterbacks, a huge development. Mm -hmm. Now we're a collectible shop. I bet the people are wondering if we've pulled any cool Sam Howell cards. We've pulled
1: all of the cool Sam Howell cards, such as the one of one NFL shield from national treasures.
0: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's
1: a big pull. Yeah. It was national treasures. We've pulled like, I think we pulled a Jersey tag. I think we've pulled multiple, like one of tens and one of fives. I have a few of his actually numbered cards too should get those graded. I forgot about that. Now, yeah. yeah, I actually think Sam Howell is good. I like the way he throws the football.
0: Me too. I think he looks very comfortable running an offense. And if he's just a solid quarterback for the next three years while they continue to develop him, there's no reason he can't be there for the long term. I agree. My surprise is a bad surprise. Oh. And this is a reference that not many people outside of New York will know, so I apologize for that. It's definitely one that you will know. Justin Fields is getting Glaber torres They are stripping him of his creativity um. and he looks like he isn't using the skill set that has have that has led him to the most success that he's seen in his NFL career. Uh I think he's a good passer still, but at a certain point you just need to you need to do what you can do to win games and it's literally like they're telling him this is the time right now you have to show to us that you can be a pocket passer and it's not working at all. It's frustrating because it's the same shit for the Bears again. They invested a ton of draft capital in a quarterback that hasn't performed to the level that people hope for and isn't tied to the front office and coaching staff, so they could move off of him after this year. And it just seems like they're not doing what would be best for him to demonstrate that he can be the guy for the long term. And it's just super, super annoying to watch.
1: What they should be doing for him is doing what the Ravens did for Lamar yes 100 percent utilizing your strengths because they are the strengths are incredible his ability to run the football is borderline unmatched right At, he's a top two runner of the football in the NFL as a quarterback and what he's run the ball like 13 times through two games something like that Hit three rushing yards last game. It's ridiculous and I, I think he can throw the football for sure i don't think he's an unnatural thrower the football i think his pocket presence is not great and i think their o-line while improved also doesn't help him so much in that regard but i think that is the biggest area that needs improving in his game and i think in- they should be playing instead of airing the ball out and throwing it 35 times a game and hoping to win games you should utilize his legs a lot while he and then you know grow his ability as a passer more and more like if they had brought in the oc that the ravens fired that would have been awesome probably should have done that and then when he develops to a point where he doesn't need the training wheels anymore then you fire that guy and bring in someone where you can air it out and show off your passing ability and make The running a complement to your game instead of your game.
0: Instead of bringing in Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator? Yes,
1: instead of bringing one of the literal greatest throwers of the football of all times OC in. Yeah, would have been smarter. So they should be playing to his strengths, where instead they're playing to his weaknesses and killing his strengths.
0: Yes, they're playing to his weaknesses, but the weaknesses are what they want their quarterback to be able to do, and they're saying if you... This is your opportunity to demonstrate that you're the guy otherwise this isn't your job next year. Yeah, and I think
1: that's stupid. I you're
0: stifling his potential, you're stifling
1: your team's potential, you're stifling my fantasy team's potential. <laughs> I'm not in favor of it. And again, like not a Bears fan, but I do keep tabs on them more than I do other teams because you are such a fan and I see like a lot of passing ability in Justin Fields I think people who say he doesn't throw the ball well don't watch him enough like I said his pocket presence isn't great but when a player has a weakness you should try to compensate for that weakness you shouldn't lean into it and make him make him like actively do that weakness all the time it's like like you said with Gleyber Torres they forced him to be the shortstop and it just killed him. It killed his confidence, it killed everything. And if they keep it up, it'll kill Justin Fields' confidence and it's going to it could, I mean, not to be dramatic, but ruin his career. Yeah, and
0: they changed Glaber's approach at the plate, mm-hmm. made him a power hitter. Yeah, and it, especially the the skill set that Fields has weaknesses, but the strengths that he has in the modern-day NFL are so crazy valuable mm-hmm. that it just makes zero sense that they aren't playing to them i mean like you i know he just got hurt but like you saw i mean
1: everyone's seen what anthony richardson has done in his first two games and that's because they're allowing him to utilize his strengths and they're doing things to compensate for his weaknesses which is when you have a it's what i hate about a lot of coaches is you shouldn't have your system and not be able to cater it to your players You should cater your system to your player's strengths. It's what the best coaches do. 100%. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on this.
0: Uh, Do you have, uh, did you pick out games for next week that you wanted to talk
1: about? I only have one this week. I liked the two that you chose. We discussed it earlier. I I would have picked one of them, but I saved it for you. So I'm just going with the Rams and the Bengals for next week. Bengals are favored in this one, as they should be. It's it's, uh, their home game. But they got demolished Week 1 by the Browns. They lost Week 2 to the Ravens in a much closer game. But Joe Burrow re-aggravated his calf, which is very dangerous for many reasons. One being he may not play this week. Two being, like we've discussed before, knock on wood, calf injuries very easily can turn into Achilles injuries. And if they're not careful, this could turn into something catastrophic instead of something seasoned... The ending i guess i could even say because <laughs> like, definitely would be like we said being on three is a death sentence basically since 2002 99 teams have started oh and three one has made the playoffs i think you know who it is do you know who it is it was the 2018 texans they made the playoffs Oh man. so the rams are a flawed team puka nakua is awesome just thought i'd throw that plug in there have him in three leagues but they are a better team than anyone thought they were, minus you. And they've put up a good fight against the very good 49ers team. And mm. it's not an easy win for the Bengals with Joe Burrow, and it's a very plausible loss without him. I so, think it's a
0: probable loss without him.
1: Yeah, I, I don't even know who their backup is. Is it still Kyle Allen?
0: I don't, I'm not sure.
1: I didn't want to be too harsh, but yeah. I mean, given how they've played even with uh, Joe Burrow, it's probable probably a better what's the word i'm looking for more likely outcome than possible
0: i think so or non-zero
1: non-zero nickel also an inside joke
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> we won't explain that one no not worth it
1: and yeah that's my matchup to watch i think it'll be interesting a possible super bowl favorite coming into this year could effectively have their season ended Week three, three weeks yeah
0: yeah the Rams have looked very surprising stafford's looked awesome they were hanging with the 49ers before they just got outguided at the end. And yeah, without Burrow, like you said, I don't, I don't think they they win this game. And especially in that division, 0-3 is a death sentence.
1: Yeah. Before we move on, did you see that field goal the Rams took at the end of
0: last game? Yes, to, to cover.
1: Yeah. What's, do you have any explanation for that? No. Me either. I don't have any. Why would you? There's no good reason for it.
0: Maybe just get your kicker making kicks. I don't you, know.
1: Is there some sort of point differential tiebreaker that could come in? No. Not that no... I know of. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's it's a really weird move.
0: Maybe him and, and Kyle Shanahan just have like a side bet going of like career head to head who can score more points. That's a better explanation than
1: anything I've heard so far. I haven't heard any explanations. I'm... I mean the only that are that are like yeah. plausible. Yeah. The only other being <laughs> that Sean McPay had money on yeah. the game, which the guy doesn't need <laughs> gambling money no i think his salary is 20 million a year yeah he can he can rest assured
0: knowing that he doesn't need that money
1: all right so moving on which week three matchup are you most looking forward to
0: so i i have two written down i have the falcons at the lions and texans at jags i'll start with falcons lions detroit is a minus three and a half point favorite at home the falcons are winning but not how any of us us being fantasy football managers uh, want them to. They are 2-0 and though in a pretty weak NFC South. The Lions were the darling pick of the NFC coming into the season and this is their chance to jump back into an early division lead. Um, I just think it'll be an entertaining game. Two offenses that operating at their peak, even if we haven't seen the Falcons do it yet, can put up both a ton of points. Bijan Robinson has been a superstar as we... As advertised. Yeah, 100%. Drake London had a nice, uh, a nice game. I mean, certainly better than his week one. He was involved more in the game plan. A lot more. Yeah, uh, it's. I, I'm enjoying seeing Ritter try to try to figure out the ropes in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for this one.
1: Yeah, Ritter looked a lot better this week than week one. It may not be the way we would hope, given the weapons that they have, especially given Kyle Pitts' lack of production pretty much now throughout his whole career. Yep. And what we saw week one with Drake London and even the Tyler Algier timeshare that's been occurring is disheartening because Bijan John Robinson's talent is so evident. But they are not a bad team. They, I mean, even last year, though, they got out to a pretty good start. It was just Mariota was inept. Yeah. So... They're not a bad team. They have a lot of talent. I would love it if Arthur Smith just stops being so goddamn annoying. That would be a, <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. My biggest question is what the hell do I do with Drake London? I have my thing in two leagues. I benched him this week, didn't help. I don't know what to do with him. Do I bench him? Do I start him? What do you, I, what do I do? I think you got to make him earn his spot. I think so, too. I need another good week out of him. It's just with Arthur Smith, even if he has another good week this week. He could disappear for weeks. Absolutely. And I don't know what I, what I should do. I, I might try to, to trade him. I, But then he's so good. He has so much talent. It's and he's just, huge. And he's gigantic. It's exactly what you want in a receiver, physically. It's. I don't know what the hell to do with him. Oh, <laughs> yanked out my charger. Uh, yeah, that'll be a fun game to watch. And the Lions, good team.
0: Very good team. Very
1: entertaining. Uh, What's his face just went down the running back, Dave Montgomery. So Jameer Gibbs time to shine. They get Jamison Williams back pretty soon. That's cool. I think Sam Laporta's looked really good.
0: He has, yeah.
1: The Lions are building a really good roster. And they just
0: need to learn how to stop teams. Yeah,
1: and they need to just put it all together. But they're they're building a very talented team.
0: And that's the NFC North has been off to a very slow start. They're they if they win then they're going to be first in the first in the division.
1: I think the Packers are actually better than, again, better than advertised. Seems so, yeah. I think Jordan Love might be good. He might be. Yeah, I he think might, he might be good.
0: I, I'm not ready to say good yet, but he's definitely okay.
1: He's I think his floor is okay, but I think his ceiling has raised from okay to good. Maybe. Maybe more than good. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. It's too early. As for you as a Bears, if I was a Bears fan – it feels at like as a Giants fan how I felt about Jalen Hurts early last year. I'm not saying he has that ceiling because Jalen Hurts is a top 5 quarterback in the NFL right now. But it just feels worrisome that he could actually be very good and
0: a very worthy heir apparent. I'm not I'm not super super worried cuz he's played only bad defenses so far. That's fair. But
1: that's why i'm saying i think his floor is i think he's his floor is higher than we expected and i think his ceiling is higher than we expected also
0: i think there's a there's a big range but i we definitely need to see it some more i think
1: yeah i'm not anointing him as you know greatest quarterback ever but i'm just saying his i think he's opened my eyes these last few weeks and speaking of quarterbacks who may have opened my eyes i think it may be time for me to apologize to jared goff I've been very mean to him for a very long time. (laughs) I have been making fun of him a lot, and I think he's actually better than I gave him credit for. He did throw his first pick in like 100 passes. 300. 300 passes. I didn't know. Yeah. And so it's a weird time for this apology to come. But he's, man, the man produces. I don't, I wouldn't want him as my quarterback. But... I would ride with him if he was though Yeah, but
0: if he was mine I'd, I wouldn't I wouldn't if he became mine, I would be upset yeah but once he was there after a couple weeks I'd be like, all right, yeah. this is a golf podcast. Yeah <laughs> I think that's where it is. I think because he's not my
1: quarterback, I'm able to say these things. but if he was my quarterback, I understand why Lions fans like him. He's actually be- way better than I thought and the Lions did really well in that trade now. At the time, I was thought it was hilarious that could, they took on Goff.
0: Yeah, you could easily make a case for him being a top-ten quarterback now, which, like you said, isn't... I wouldn't. I won't, but I understand why yeah. someone might. Which, as you said, isn't it's, isn't top-five, but yeah. it's, there's it's there's something. a lot of guys that can qualify for yeah. top-ten. it's something. And then my second game to look for is Texans at Jaguars. Jacksonville's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't expect this to be super close, but... The Jags are a division favorite that lost a close game at home to the reigning Super Bowl champions, and the Texans could use the Jags as a good in-division blueprint for how to develop a young franchise quarterback, even if they might not have the draft capital to do that immediately.
1: Okay, I like that. I was wondering why you picked this game. I do like that game. I don't think the Texans will win, and I think the Jags should easily win. I I don't even think Trevor Lawrence has played well thus far this season but I think he's amazing. Me too. So I think it'll be a good example for them to learn from.
0: And it's a get right game for Jacksonville too against a inf- an inferior division opponent. Yeah, I like that. Uh, those were my those were my two games and I think that's our NFL segment for this week, right?
1: Yeah, I think that about covers it. I don't have
0: anything else. We talked
1: about the Giants, we talked Bears. I think regardless of our our layout going forward, we'll probably always find a way to talk those two teams. So if you don't like that, deal with it. All right, let's move on to awards.
0: Okay, my first award is the
1: bulletin board award. How did we decide you were going first?
0: Didn't you go first in the game,
1: in the games, or no? I have no idea. I think you did. Okay, sure. I you can go first. I was just I didn't know if you knew something that I didn't know. Well, it's already out there now. Bulletin board award. Oh,
0: this has got to be uh, Colorado, Colorado State. Yeah, Jay Norvell from Colorado State giving the Buffs the only bulletin board material that they have gotten so far. Up until he talks shit about them, it's been all media praise, and this is something they needed and a very dumb move to do if you're the Colorado State head coach.
1: I feel like I stepped all over this earlier, and I apologize. But yeah, that's that's a good award, and yeah, they didn't need... They seem to be very self-motivated, and obviously Dion's an incredible motivator, but again... You just never want to give a team bulletin board material. I never understand the purpose of it unless you're like an opposing, unless you're like Jalen Ramsey or like Darrell Revis. And And you really can just Yeah, and you can really just back it up and and shutting a team down and really embarrass them and kind of kill them. That's one thing. But as a head coach calling out the opposing head coach for wearing sunglasses and a hat is a strange move at best and a really stupid move at worst.
0: I think at at – mean it's a stupid move at base case oh yeah, stereo, yeah, 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 yeah stupid move
1: yeah well, i don't even remember what i gave it at best honestly but it was yeah stupid i'm i'm with you very stupid thing to do all right for my first award i will be giving out the cheddar bob
0: award okay so this is some kind of strange sidekick not quite do you want another
1: guess It's about Cheddar Bob. Yeah, so does it
0: have to do with the eight-mile stretch of Detroit? No, it does not. Does not?
1: I'll I'll tell you. Okay. So, I won't tell you who it is, but I'll give you the reasoning. So Cheddar Bob in 8 Mile was, as you said, a funny punching bag sidekick there for comedic relief. And then, when he shot himself, he asked B-Rabbit to take him more seriously... And call him MC Bob because he didn't want to be the joke anymore. So this is a player with a gunshot-related injury who deserves to be taken more seriously.
0: Brian Robinson Jr. Yes,
1: nice. I like this a lot. Yes. So Brian that was very,
0: very well named. Thank you. So Brian Robinson
1: Jr. For those who don't know is the running back for the washington commanders he got shot prior to his rookie season after which he still came back he i think he won the starting running back job then got shot then came back still rushed for nearly 800 yards in 12 games as a rookie nine games as a starter nearly four yards per carry on a bad team with a bad quarterback so that's it makes it more impressive And now, coming into this year, no one took him seriously again. Everyone said he was going to split carries with Antonio Gibson. And now, after two weeks, he is a top-five fantasy running back. He had two touchdowns last week in the span of, like, six minutes, I think. And it is time that he moves on from being Brian Cheddar Bobinson and becomes Brian MC (laughs) Bobinson.
0: That's great stuff. Yes. Time to take the man seriously. Yeah, he's been he's been outstanding so far, and he's a nose for the end zone, because I've I, I got destroyed by him in fantasy this past weekend. Yeah, I I have him in, in a couple leagues in fantasy this year,
1: mostly out of necessity. Just uh, he was available at the time my pick came around. It wasn't a I didn't see this coming. I thought of him as Cheddar Bobbinson more than M C Bobinson.
0: Huh. I cer I certainly didn't see it coming e- either. Even though. He was dope at Alabama. He looks like he did at Alabama. Yep. My second award is the Clemsoning Award. Okay, so this
1: is... I just learned this term a couple episodes ago. It's going to a team that continue... Oh, oh, oh! Continually shoots themselves in the foot and finds ways to lose... Somewhat. So the... Oh, shoots themselves in the foot. It's funny after the Cheddar (laughs) (laughs) Bob Award. I didn't even mean to do that.
0: The Urban Dictionary definition of Clemsoning is the act of failing miserably on a grand athletic stage or when the stakes are high, record-setting failure, usually reserved for college football. There was an epic example of Clemsoning when Clemson hosted Florida State. In a highly anticipated football game on October 19th, 2013, Clemson was ranked third, while Florida State was ranked fifth. Florida State won the game 51 to 14, and Clemson set an NCAA record for margin of defeat by home team ranked number three or higher. That has less to do with the award than just that was just being very of- highly ranked and dropping in an ACC conference game to a a team that is that is not at their peak dropping yes so it's not FSU it is FSU but but they won the game but it's FSU against Clemson next week oh it's foreshadowing you think that this is the ultimate Clemson opportunity available to any team in the country at the moment So,
1: okay, FSU Clemsoning against Clemson. So this is more of a prediction-based award.
0: Somewhat, and it's poetic because that Clemsoning example in the definition is between those two teams as well. Wow. And it's like a reversal. Kind of like how the the Texas is back award going to Alabama last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, you really keep throwing wrinkles in these awards. Wrenches, some say. Some might might say wrenches. Big Daddy says wrenches. (laughs)
1: He he probably would. He probably would say that. That's a good award. You tripped me up there. Me too. You tripped me up twice, actually. Even when I thought I had it, I didn't have it. All right. Double reversal. Yeah. All right, moving on to my
0: second award. It is the Chet Holmgren Award. Okay, this is going to a year two player that did not play a ton in their... Okay. I like where you're headed, but no. This is going to somebody with a dumb four-letter name no it's
1: going to a second overall pick who people kind of forgot about chase and Young. no and but might end up being better than the first overall pick not kind of forgot about but who people i would
0: say disrespected number two overall pick number two
1: saying. overall pick very recently Literally, CJ Stroud, Stroud,
0: who threw for a ton of yards the other day. And has
1: not thrown a pick yet. Has looked extremely comfortable in the NFL. Despite being
0: behind a non-existent offensive line.
1: Non-existent, and then all their O-linemen went out. So even more non-existent. So it's he's looked extremely comfortable. And guys like this who come in and look that way right away typically pan out and become really, really good. So I think cj stroud could very well end up being better than bryce young and people were not very nice to him during the pre-draft process and i felt that way about chet and i think paolo is very good and i think bryce young could be very good but i think both of them might end up being better than the first overall
0: picks drafted before them i'm excited to see uh, cj stroud and john mechie develop a connection going forward yeah
1: john mechie made his uh his long awaited return
0: yeah that was pretty exciting they do need to protect him though, because if he he's on pace to set a record for sacks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the
1: greatest asset you can possibly have in the NFL basically is having a good O line. It's pretty much yeah. It's so like a cheat code. It it is, and the Giants have been trying to rebuild theirs for ten years and haven't been able to. Huh. So it's it's not an easy task. But I don't know why teams aren't investing more heavily in it.
0: It's so obvious. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, 100%. I like that award. Thank you. Do you want to move on to our new segment, Bold Prediction of the Week of... Sorry, Bold Prediction of the Year (laughs) of the Week. Yes, yes, let's move on. Also known as the Bard Stradamus of the Week Award. Known by you as that. Yes, exclusively me and probably Matt. (laughs) Do you want to go first? I'll go first, yeah.
1: So my Bold Prediction of the Year of the Week Award goes to the new york not award bold prediction of the year of the week is the new york jets they will have by this day next week have signed or traded for a veteran quarterback i think and i'm talking specifically it'll probably happen on the monday after sunday i think the patriots are going to embarrass zach wilson He is who we thought he is. He is really, really bad. He threw. He was 12 for 27 this week for 170 yards and a touchdown and three picks. 68 of those yards and the touchdown came on one play, which was a catch and run by Garrett Wilson. It was a regular slant route. So obviously you can't take that away because he completed the pass. But let's say it's going to anyone but Garrett Wilson. It's probably not a touchdown. It's a routine pass, routine slant route. So we'll say 12 for 27 for 120 yards and three picks and no touchdowns. That's who Zach Wilson is. And who will always be. And who he will always be. The, he oh, has he, a 30%
0: oh, success rate in his career Yeah.
1: on plays. And the oh, he learned under Aaron Rodgers' all-offseason narrative that Jets fans were putting out there. He's not the guy move on from him take your emotional investment out of him he is bad it's time to accept it everyone else has he's not even a good backup in fact he's a bad backup i think i would rather have 50 quarterbacks over him i'd rather have josh dobbs over him and he and he's starting for a team after getting traded a week ago it's he's awful he got hyped up during a covid year where he wasn't playing against good competition and when you couldn't scout guys effectively because you weren't allowed to You couldn't get them in the building. He had a few highlight plays in college and a bad conference on a bad team. That's who he is. He's an undersized quarterback who doesn't read defense as well and doesn't make plays well, and his big improvisational skills that he supposedly had in college don't exist in the NFL. He's awful. Do you have a prediction for who their veteran quarterback is going to be? I thought their best bet was going to be Gardner Minshew, but Anthony Richardson going down, I don't think the Colts will move on from him. My brother, who's a big Jets fan... Said he thinks Matt Ryan knows the offense best, so he would be the best plug and play guy. And that offensive line is bold. Yeah, stone bold feet. The guy's got center block feet. So I agree. I, he wouldn't be the best. Tied pick. to the turf. I think, given how much draft, the lack of draft equity you would need to give up, and given the talent level this player possesses, I think their best realistic bet is Jameis. I don't I, know. That would be
0: so electric.
1: I think. With that team's talent and Jameis' ability to throw the football, I think they're a playoff team with Jameis on the team. I think they're a. They could have a top five or end up as a bottom five team in the NFL with Zach Wilson.
0: I agree 100%. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned Minshew, though, because my bold prediction of the year, of the week, is that. Gardner Minshew will start in place of Anthony Richardson and will throw for 185 yards and one touchdown as the Colts beat the 2-0 Ravens in Baltimore. So your bold prediction is that specific stat line
1: and a win over the Ravens.
0: If it's 197 yards, I'm going to count as as a win. win.
1: So you think you'll have a good performance and they'll win?
0: I think i will have a a totally fine performance and they're going to win.
1: I think Gardner's a starting quarterback in the NFL. On a couple teams, yeah. I yeah. agree. I don't, I don't think he's a great starter, but I, I think he's a like a decent starter. I think he's I think He's a great backup. Excellent backup. He's Teddy Bridgewater, basically. You know, you don't want him as your starter, but when you have him on your team, you're happy. 100%. So, why the upset? Why do you think that'll happen? It's my just bold prediction of the year of the week. You, j- But it's just a hunch? It's just a hunch. Okay. I didn't know if you had some it's sort Mitchell of... magic. Okay. I didn't know if you had an ace in the whole kind of... Statistical thing you saw that led you to believe it.
0: Okay. Gut feeling. Yeah. Best. That's the best st- statistical analysis the human body can run. Wow. <laughs> that was profound. And honestly, dead on. Dead
1: on. <laughs> you ever seen my cousin Vinny? Yeah. Dead course. on. Balls accurate. That's what that is. <laughs> wow. That's. You've dropped a couple doozies on me lately. Where it's <laughs> that is excellent work out of you.
0: Um, also want to shout out a great slate of college football this weekend. We have, let me give it to you. Please give it to me. Florida state Clemson. Like I mentioned, Colorado at Oregon, UCLA and Utah, Ole Miss and Alabama, Arkansas and LSU, Oregon state and Wazoo, Ohio state and Notre Dame. They did a home-and-home, home started last year in Iowa and Penn State, capped off with Phoenix and Washington at 10.30, Pac-12 after dark. That is a good
1: slate, capped yes. off by Phoenix. Yep. Yeah. The, t- <laughs> the tip, buy- tip of
0: the slate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the tip of the slate capped off by
0: Phoenix. Um, good episode. You got anything else? No, Besides, was a good episode. Besides everywhere we can be found. Yes, I, I just, before I get to that, I hope,
1: I, I honestly hope he makes it to the NFL and has a, a long career so we can continue to talk about Phoenix for years to come.
0: At this rate, he'll probably be a top 10 pick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, time to tell you where you can find us. We are on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, uh iHeart Radio Podcast, Overcast, Podcast DB, Podbean. I haven't looked into this any anymore from it's been like five weeks now where I haven't shown any levels of growth. There's gotta be more where you can find us. So just wherever you get your podcasts odds are we are there. But uh Did you Say TikTok? I think so. I never remember. You always ask me if I say TikTok, and I always say I did, and I always think I did. I'm going to say I did. So, yeah, find us wherever you want to find your podcast, and leave us some reviews. Like, comment, subscribe, tell your friends, do all that good stuff, because we love you all. Thank you. See you next
0: week. Shout out, 528, Mikey Caps, 528 uh breaks down pod thank you tom thank you rue even though he's not here shout out producer rue